Hello and welcome to episode 983 of The Sleeper in the Bust. It is Tuesday, October 5th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. Good morning. How you doing? I'm well. Season's over, but the playoffs start tonight. So, you know, we dealt with that uh, sadness and despair of of the empty slate yesterday on, on the app, Bad App. That's always, uh, you know, we have that during the All-Star break, and then when the season ends, and it's like, well, now what do I do? But that's all right. Playoffs start today with the AOL card, and, you know, after a hard-fought season, it's probably nice to have a little a little decompression time uh, after, you know, fighting through the 162. How did your season finish up? Uh, I finished, my season finished out okay. Um, I was just telling you that, like, I, I really uh, had the decision kind of hammered into me that uh, I need to cut back on leagues because I can pinpoint like two or three spots from the last lineup periods uh, where I lost money in different leagues. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, just because I had so many leagues for lineups to set and um, missed some things. And uh, so I'll definitely be cutting back. Plus football at that point too. Yeah, plus football, uh, you know, plus wife and kids, plus, you know, Mm -hmm. work and all that. So... Uh, I'll definitely need to be cutting back to figure that out here over the next few weeks. But, you know, took home four championships. Uh, there you go. So I, I was uh, was pretty happy about that, casting some other leagues as well. So it was a, it was a fairly successful league or year. Um, hoping to make next year a very successful year. Well, that sounds great. And, you know, I was, like you said, we were having an offline conversation about it. I have a direct correlation um and i i don't think it's you know uh, i think i think there is a cause and effect of paring down my leagues and my performances improving and i've been paring down the last few years you know uh, paring down for us is still going to be a lot to a lot of people you know more like hey i'm down to 12 they're like what do you mean you're down to 12 you psychopath <laughs> it's like well that's a manageable workload for me, right? And so, you know, that that's kind of that's a bot where I'm at. I, I think I'm actually at the uh, ten or eleven mark um, right that's now. And good. It's, yeah, and and it's a wheelhouse for me. I think it's it's kind of exactly where I can uh, thrive. And I know you're going to sh- shift over to a lot of best ball next year. That's going to help you uh, with that, so that you're still drafting. I know that's your favorite way to get into the player pool. Mine as well, by the way, is to just dive in and really start. I'm already in a draft right now. I'm partnering with a friend, um, and we're 14 rounds deep and already kind of like figuring out some challenges in those mid mid rounds, and it's really interesting. Um, but, yeah, I think best ball is the good, uh, the good alternative there for you, who you had 29 leagues this year. But you had to manage a lot of them, at least with lineups, if not fab as well. And that just becomes untenable at some point, and things will slip through the cracks. So shifting the best ball will be great for you, I think. And those are fun, by the way, because you could just draft the team, turn it loose, check in on it as you see fit, and see where it's at. So I think that that will work. But uh, congrats on the four titles. Um, I think you know we put a nice bow on the season this year. And... I'm already ready to dig in for 2022, though. You know, I had, if I can be so bold to say, I had a pretty good season, but I'm I'm hungry for more already. I'm ready to dive in even even more for 22, even though the season literally just ended. Yeah, yeah. I'm. Uh, I don't know if you you saw the uh, tweet I just uh, 
uh, message you over on Gchat uh, that my wife made, but I, I'm already like full bore into 2022. I've been for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the break, the break's over. It was yesterday. Yeah, so my, my, wife, my mom's yesterday. I took a break. Yeah, my wife, my wife was all like, "Hey, now that baseball season's over, like." We, we, you know, you can take a break, right? And, you know, before getting ready for 2022. And I'm all like, break? Huh? Break what? what what's that? Uh, and the look on her face is, uh, she, she, she did the whole, uh, I think it's the, one, one of the star, early Star Wars movies, uh, yes. memes. So, uh, that's, yeah. That's really funny. I retweeted it too, so people can check either of our, uh, Twitters or your wife's Twitter to see it. Very good and very accurate. Um, with that in mind, Let's dive in. And what we're going to start with some of our off-season stuff is uh, what I like to call breakout breakdown. Some of the guys that came, uh, you know, from the biggest uh, jumps this year, the biggest breakouts, how'd they do it? And what are we looking at for next year? I know you've already got a ranking set to work off of. I'm not quite there yet. I actually will before next week when we're in Arizona because I'll be doing a draft there. But um, that's what I want to. That's what I want to focus on here. Is a really interesting group. We got a good handful here. Might not get to all of them, so I'm not even going to say the number. So people aren't even going to know if the list is done. But we're going to start with a strong uh, AL Cy Young candidate by the name of Robert Ray. Robbie Ray was unbelievable, and he's a great example of the fact that veterans have upside. And this is a point I've mentioned, I think, a couple times on the show in recent years, just in passing. It's not something that I've been hammering or anything, but it's something that I've noticed in the past couple of years where people only give upside to folks that are younger, younger players. They're the only ones with upside. Nobody, uh, you know, or not, I shouldn't say nobody, but very few people acknowledge that veterans can have upside. And I understand why it's because, you know, when players are young, you, you have that unknown and what can't they do? And uh, established players like Robbie Ray, we know who they are, right? We think, but we don't. We have no idea. If anything, I think a breakout like this muddies the water so much more. And I think part of what we try to do is we try to bucket players so that we can kind of, um, we don't have to do extra work on them, right? Robbie Ray is who he is. He's strikeouts and trouble basically is what he uh, kind of developed into uh no he's not he's an ace and he's a cy young winner potentially like how do you square that with regards to the the veteran upside aspect of it and somebody who had such an established record as something totally flipping that and becoming something different at age 29 as ray did I mean, I think you have to look for changes, right? And there was a distinct change in Robbie Ray. And so uh, you have to kind of lean towards that it's legitimate. Um, the question is, are you willing to bet your fantasy life on it, um, so to speak? Because if you're going to be taking Robbie Ray, you're going to be taking him likely as your number one pitcher uh, or, you know, as a really, really high number two, depending on where he is. If you go pocket aces i mean because he's going to be in the second round i think yeah that'd be my guess i i have him as my number 13 starting pitcher so i, okay. I believe uh in most of what we saw uh you know there was a little little tail off uh in in september but i think that's more of a blip in the radar you know he was you know still showing a lot of the signs 
uh, that he showed early on or all throughout the season. I mean, and just, it was only a couple of bad starts. Like yeah. he was kind of an either an up down situation in September. So there were still gems there. He ended up getting six starts, and it was literally three up, three down on an alternating pattern yeah. uh, for Ray. And so, yeah, continue there. Yeah, he just started attacking the zone. Like he's, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, my guess is someone in Toronto just sat him down and said, "Listen." You've got really good stuff. Like, stop trying to get people to chase everything out of the zone. Uh, start to attack it a little bit. And the first pitch strike rate went up almost 10%. Uh, and the results followed. He ended up getting more swings when he went outside of the zone because he wasn't outside of the zone all the time. He stopped walking the entire yard. I mean, the walk rate change is just astronomical. Going from a 17.9% walk rate in 2020 down to a 6.9% in 2021. And and three seasons of double digits before that, if you're not, you know, satisfied by the two months, calling it a season, you know, because it, it, it's not really. Um, so, yeah, you know, 11, 13, and 11 before that. So it was a prevalent issue with Ray that he attacked this year and had a 7% mark. That That is so stark. And I remember when he first started breaking out, it was kind of um, late April into May. He was allowing a bunch of homers still. And that's what had given me pause. And so I didn't really, I didn't pick him up anywhere. I didn't, I didn't get in on the Robbie Ray breakout because of that. I was like, this, this still feels a little sketchy. And then from June through August, he had a 218 ERA in 107 innings, and he cut the walk rate down to 0.9. Um, and I'm talking, it was way higher before that. In the first nine starts for Robbie Ray, he gave up 15 homers, uh, 14 homers in 52 innings. That's a 2.4 mark. So he cuts it down to 0.9, but then it spiked up again in that September that you're talking about, including a four homer game at the very end of the year against the Yankees. He had a 2.1 mark in September. And it wasn't just that four homer game. I think even if you take that off, it was still kind of a high rate. Yeah, it was 1.3, even if you take that game off. So the bottom line is a 1.5 homer nine with Ray. And it's not really a trade-off of, hey, you're walking fewer guys. Uh, now you're allowing more homers. He's had home run issues. They're, they're more palatable now because it's not as many multi-run homers. But how do you square the uh, 1.5 homer nine of Ray, is that just part of attacking the zone this much in the era that we live in, where it's all or nothing, you know, strikeout or homer? Yeah, I think it is, um, and I think the fact that he doesn't walk anybody anymore, which is such a weird thing to say about Robbie Ray, um, but he can get away with that. Uh, will there be some regression? Absolutely. Like the like, you know, he's he's gonna he's gonna regress uh, in the strand rate, ninety point one percent strand rate. Um, you know, but he also is, you know, likely could be a guy that moves out of uh, Toronto, which will right. improve things a little bit as well. So like that could, like those losses there in terms of regression could be gained by better park factors if he ends up somewhere else. Uh, yeah, he's a free agent for those that, mm-hmm. uh, that maybe don't remember or just, just kind of forgot because. And I penalized some free agents in my ranks initially. You know, I penalized uh, Kevin Gosman because he's a free agent. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I penalized uh, Carlos Rodon because he's a free agent. You know, uh, Anthony Descalfani because he's a free agent. Um, but a lot of I, these guys are on this list here. 
Yeah, so, but I did not penalize uh, Robbie Ray at all. Um, I just, you know, I think if he has, ends up back in Toronto, we kind of, we kind of saw what he can do in Toronto. Uh, if, mm-hmm. he, if he ends up somewhere else, it's probably better for him. That's true. That's true, especially with the with the home runs, you know, and and some of those early season home run issues, you might be able to chalk up a bit to the, the their home venues, which were minor league parks, but then of course, like I said, the September issue cropped up again. Uh, that four homer game was at home. There was a two homer game at Baltimore, which is understandable. But yeah, it's 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 hard to look at what Robbie Ray did and not not see a a level here that you can certainly believe in to a degree maybe not the 284 era 105 whip but you know how much are you regressing him to is he a mid threes era guy with a decent whip and and great strikeouts now is he a low threes uh where do you kind of range robbie ray's era now when you're when you're putting an expectation together for 22 i think he is probably like a Mid to low threes guy with like a one fifteen type whip. So you believe in the new K, the new walk suppression? Yeah, I do. checks out to you as a new skill. Yeah, I, I mean, with the way he was attacking, um, it it's again it's tough to watch Ray's starts and and be like, no, I I, I don't believe in this. This this is fraudulent. I I would need. I would need to understand why somebody would feel that way based on what we saw. Now, there is, like, I believe what he did this year, pardon me, checks out, but maybe somebody doesn't believe that it can hold. But I guess, I don't know. I think it all boils down to the tight pants. And that's really what we we haven't hit on yet. Mm -hmm. And and so how much do you weigh that in? Like, what if he goes to a team that is anti-tight pants? Does that bother you? Oh, that would bother me, obviously. <laughs> um, I mean, we saw what it did for Walker Bueller. Like, since he started doing the tight pants thing, he's been an absolute stud. Look, um, they fought, they're all following Verlander, let's be real. Yeah, absolutely. It's just, uh, I feel like the tight pants is the way to go right now. Um, for sure. It's the new long shorts. That's right. That's right. And it's, it's, it's a great move. Now, I, obviously getting a little frivolous there at the end. But, yeah, again, there, there's a lot in what Ray did. That looks absolutely believable. I think there is at least um, a level of protection on on two fronts. One, that even if he's more of like a, I don't know, a 390 ERA guy, you're still going to get a lot of strikeouts. And unless the whip, unless the uh, walk rate goes all the way back up, you should still get a decent whip. So say, say it was like 390, 122 with a 30% strikeout rate. You'd be like, okay, that's fine. Then if it, completely falls apart you'd get out pretty early right or at least I, I think I would even though Ray is an early draft pick I think if he completely like reverted back to pre 2021 levels I want to feel like I could pull the cord quicker than I could on I don't know comparable pitchers being drafted in that area that I have more belief in like uh, the Milwaukee guys, I, I, Woodruff and Burns specifically, uh, Peralta, I, I believe in a good bit. We're going to actually talk about him uh, in a couple guys. But but do, do you feel that way with regards to Ray, that because of his history, that if it did go south, would you would you hang on because he's a second, third round pick? Or would you be willing to jump quicker because we've seen the negative side of Ray? 
if all like the 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 underlying games like if if you know like I said before like I, I believe in this because I you know I saw a distinct change. If he reverts back to being the pitcher that he was, and all of a sudden we start seeing the first pitch strike rate dip down to like fifty percent, uh, then yeah, I think it would be easier for me to jump off. And one of the things I'm gonna uh, try to be uh, more cognizant of uh, and kind of more proactive about is being aggressive in who I'm willing to cut. Because I think one yep. of the things I talked about this last night on the Friends Fans Benefits podcast uh, that. You know, I think the tentativeness um, that uh, I had, I think, cost me uh, in, in staying competitive in you know leagues like my main events and things like that. So I think a lot of people are afraid to make the mistake cut, and like being too fine and, and worrying about one mistake, I, I think it's a bad mindset. And I've, I've definitely been there, but you have to kind of, you have to kind of move and, and you're going to make mistakes, right? I mean, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, because here's the thing, and it's something that, um, I think that Phil DeSoe, who obviously is coming off of probably the most amazing season we're ever going to see. Um, oh, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, yeah. Said once is like, if you, you know, making the mistake to cut someone too early, um, means you're still getting, Production, right? You're cutting them for a productive player. The mm-hmm. mistake is the opposite, where you're continuing to take non-production or bad production. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's better to cut early. And hey, maybe you lost out on so that some production, but you're still getting other production as opposed to taking no production or bad production. Exactly. You know, i i cut uh, I cut Casey Mize. The first time he had the the innings management, and it was because, uh, frankly, I just didn't read deep enough on the the story about it that it was temporary, that you know that he was going to go through cycles uh, of the uh, innings management, and I could have I could have benched him and then maybe gotten the, those those starts, but you know what I I didn't have time to cry and carry on about that that I made a mistake. And I only missed like two or three uh, starts over five innings again. And then he was right back to it again in September. But initially I was like, oh, you idiot. And, you know, I'm being all fatalistic. You just cost yourself your main, you moron. And it's like, no, relax. It's fine. And there can be more mistakes that are worse than that, that you feel bad about. But you got to keep moving because, again, there's you're never having a perfect season. There's no such thing. There's no such thing. Um, I, I know Phil just executed the perfect season, but that doesn't mean he was perfect in his decisions. And that just shows if the robot can make mistakes and still do what he did, then surely we can too. And so um, anyway, that, that point started with, with, with Ray being somebody that I would have a shorter leash with, generally speaking, than I normally would a second or third round pick because of his history. And I think this next guy might be the same. And you you mentioned him uh, as well as your guy uh, amongst your guys that are getting a little bit more of a punishment because they're free agents and you don't know where they're going to go. And so you're, you're, you're being cautious with them. And that would be Carlos Rodon. Now, his breakout is a little different here because – he like his last two seasons, and I put that in extreme quotes because it's it's like a total of forty five innings. Um, 
uh, th- those were bad, but they aren't seasons. Seven and two-thirds, 34 and two-thirds, uh, throw that away. Before that, his seasons were, you know, not always long because of health, and that's been the biggest issue with Rodon. But he was always kind of on the cusp, right? Low fours ERA, some decent strikeout rates. The whips were a little high because of his walk rate usually. You could see it, but you throw in those mediocre seasons and then the two lost seasons to health, and I understand why people weren't dying to get him this year and maybe were taking a dollar stab late. Um, And I know some folks did identify him like Phil. I know we're mentioning him a lot, but hey, when you have that kind of season, you get you get a lot of run Um, that he was one of his targets. Carlos Rodon was one of Phil's targets. And so um, he goes out, has the breakout season, finally stays healthy, has the dream season healthy relative to his career and the fact that they protected him a little bit. So he got 24 starts free agent now, though. And you already said that that's pushing you back a little bit on him. But what are your. What are your expectations from him? How viable was Rodon's breakout uh, relative to Ray's? And how much are you willing to buy into him once you have a, a firm grasp on where Rodon's going to go? Oh, this is a tough one. I, I believe in the talent and I believe in the skills. I think what we saw is legitimate. There are huge red flags, though. Um, one is the red flag that's been there all along with Carlos Rodon, which is health. Uh, and it's not gone. Yeah, he's, you know, kind of finished the year out sputtering, partially probably because of usage. He just, you know, he wasn't used to this kind of workload, and mm-hmm. especially coming off of a, a, a virtually non-existent 2020. I mean, everybody had a, you know, a smaller 2020, but 7.2 <laughs> yeah. innings is... is That's nothing. Yeah, it's nothing. So, and they protected him too, by the way. I, I think some of that that last two months there was like, "You're hurt." No, I'm not. Yes, you are, dude. <laughs> like, we're gonna protect you. I think some uh, of it was he was hurt, though. I mean, we well, saw. No, him, I'm, yeah, yeah, clearly. The, yeah. He, he left starts early with mm-hmm. like arm soreness. Like there were issues, but I think it was also like he maybe could have worked through it if mm-hmm. they were, you know, bending over backwards to get if the division. If they were in a race of some sort. Yeah, yeah that's they, what I'm saying. Yeah. And I think they were like, nah, we're going to take this very easy and you're going to be fine. And he ended with five one-hit innings. So he closed on a great note going into the playoffs. And he threw 69 pitches in his last two outings. So he's ready. He's ready to be the the ace of the, uh, the playoffs. But can you buy in at the new price for Rodon, which is going to be like a top – six round pick given that health track record let's put him in a neutral place don't don't worry exactly about where let's say he's in a neutral park can you buy the health profile i'm probably not going to buy it as a top two starting pitcher so if he's if he's going in that area i I don't know where he's going to go this is i think he's going to be one that's pretty polarizing in early drafts Um, i have him currently ranked 37th that was my next question. He went seventh round in this in this draft that I'm in already. Hmm. Okay, uh, so that's actually pretty good. Like that's yeah, a really went, good price. He went after Cease, which I wasn't necessarily sure that that would happen. I, I have I have Cease pretty high. I have, I have Cease in the, my top twenty five. Okay, I I love wait. So where you wrote on thirty two? You said thirty seven. Okay. So I have, I have Carlos Rodon in my initial ranks at 37, right behind Jose Barrios and Blake Snell and right in front of uh, Fran Valdez and Cal Quantrill. Okay. I can get behind I can get behind that. Um 
And I know you're a big Frommer guy too. So, you know, having someone, having someone like Rodon around there uh, is still a, a check mark next to his name of like, okay, I, I like this guy, but there is risk. And I think I, I agree with your rank, even though we're probably not going to get him there as often because he was so good. But I do think there is still a lot unsettled. It is going to depend on where he, he lands. Um, and we'll, we'll see if people are, are bought in and, and ready to go with Rodon as a reliable guy. Because even in this breakout year, it was still only 132 and two-thirds innings. It wasn't even a new career high. It was his third highest total. And so, you know, can he really be trusted as a top-two guy? I think he was the third arm for that team. Let me Let me find it real quick. Pardon me. Um, he was, yeah, they took Cor- Corbin Burns at pick 15, Julio Arias in the 12th, uh, in the third round, excuse me. And then Carlos Rodon in the seventh. So he was their third starter, fourth pitcher overall. Cause they also got Liam Hendricks. So that that's pretty nice because that doesn't put a huge burden on Rodon at that point. No, and I mean, like I said, I believe in the skills, like I believe in the talent, like, mm-hmm. and even when he was struggling the last two months with injury, like he still put up like really great numbers. I mean, his, oh, yeah. his second half is a two fifty one ERA. Like it's like that. That's still you know uh, elite numbers. Fifty five strikeouts uh, in forty three innings during the second half, and a lot like a lot of the shakier work in that second half actually came in you know the end of July, right after the All Star break, as mm-hmm. opposed to in August and September. He put up a, a two flat ERA. In, in 18 innings in, in the month of September. So, like, when he was pitching and on the mound, he was still great. My biggest concerns are where is he going to pitch next season? Um, and is he going to be healthy? And that that's my biggest concern. I definitely want him as my SP3. I don't want him as my SP1 or 2. Yeah, I think that's exactly right on, on Carlos Rodon. Definitely rooting for him. This is a guy I like. But that uh, that interest in him won't necessarily pour over to fantasy where I'm scooping him up everywhere because I do think it's a high-risk profile. I'd be more inclined to want to find the next Carlos Rodon, of course, because obviously that's how you win leagues. Um, let's talk Freddy Peralta because you want to talk about out of nowhere. Um, people knew him. He had his proponents. But he threw 29 in the third innings last year. Mostly out of relief. Um, and th- that's when he started making some noise. But the year before that, he had a 529 ERA, mostly in relief. 425 the year before. Strikeouts were always there. Um, and there, there again, he had his proponents. But it was not a huge group of people that were like big time on Freddie Peralta. He doesn't just come out and go in the rotation this year. He shows out. Now, 144 innings. So again, a bit muted for an ace caliber season. But as we've talked about on this pod a million times, you don't need as many innings to be competing up at the, up, up at the higher end these days. Cause there's not a ton of guys going 200 plus. So a buck 44 isn't as uh, light as it used to be relative. And then a 281 ERA 0.97 whip 195 strikeouts to go with it. Got, got 10 wins there as well. Hell of a season from Freddie Peralta. And I think the thing that maybe his uh, detractors were a little concerned about was pitch mix um, and maybe size as well. Maybe those are the two biggest things pulling against Peralta. He's not huge and he's a two pitch guy. Well, I think we're seeing 
more and more guys. First off, he mixed in some stuff that was a uh, you know a little bit above a show me level. Uh, not only did he have the curveball that he could go to, which he's had in the past, but the changeup got up to 10% this year. And it, it's at least something. When you throw a pitch 10%, you have that. It's at least in the pitcher, in the batter's minds now. And so he, do, he does that. He expands his arsenal a bit. And obviously, he can't really do much about his size. But I don't think that the rigors of a full season were, were why he only threw 144. Again, I think it was Milwaukee protection. They said that they wanted to go about 100 innings more for guys than they had thrown the previous year. Well, he goes just over that, uh, plus playoffs, so they had to be smart while also not giving away the the second half on these guys. So I thought they managed it pretty well. Do you believe in Peralta as a frontliner? Can he be a one or two for you based on this season alone? Um, I, I have him ranked that way, but I, I don't feel good about it. I currently have him ranked 15th, which would mean he's, you know, a back-end one or, or really early two. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like he's going to move down a fair amount from that. Um, and, Why is that? Uh, I'm a little concerned about the way he finished, but, like, you can probably chalk that up to fatigue. Fatigue and management. Yeah. Again, I, and I know we got. You know, I'm not as worried about the management. I'm. I'm. Yeah. I'm more worried about the homers kind of coming back at the end. Uh, and he just he just didn't look right. Like I, I do wonder. Like was he? You know, was he kind of hurt at the end of the season? Um, but I, I feel like that's being a little ticky tack because he was just so good all season long. And, you know, in some ways we should have seen this coming because he started to make these gains last year. Uh, I think the question became, like, could he stick in the rotation? And clearly exactly. he did. Um, I don't know. I'm, I was, it's a tough one, right? Yeah, I, I mean, originally I had him, like, yeah, like I said, top 15, but, like, I started looking at the guys that I ranked him above and I go, oof. Should I be? Should I really be ranking him above guys like Kevin Gosman and Joe Musgrove and Charlie Morton? Um, I don't know. This is a tough one. This is one that that may vacillate a, a little bit among my rankings. Yeah, I mean, it, I I find I find Peralta to be difficult too for for all the reasons that you're talking about here, and the fact is, you know. We still don't know if he's got 32 in him. Now, he, he, he threw 27 starts, 28 appearances. I don't know how long the relief appearance. Oh, it was his first two innings of the season. Uh, so from there on, he, you know, he got 27 starts. He's not that far from hitting that 30-plus mark, and that's really where you want to be to say that a guy can give you a full season. But, yeah, I, I, I don't know on Peralta. Like, I'm going to rank him pretty high, of course. I, I, I believe in the the skills, the, the swing and miss capability. But I don't know if I want him to be one of my top two guys. Again, I would love to try to get him as a three, but I just don't think that that's going to be a, uh, something that's afforded to folks. Uh, he went in the fourth round of this draft, and the the team that took him uh, paired him up with teammate Brandon Woodruff. So that was their one-two right there. And then they didn't get their third until the ninth in the form of Shane Boz. 
I, I so. think for me, Shane Bosman, he's Shane Bosman's not gonna be going as anybody's number nine. Uh, <laughs> if he has a big playoff, he's he's yeah. a big playoff. I moved rich. him up like huge in the last few days. Like I had him outside of my top sixty initially, and I've already got him in my top forty now. Him um, or McClanahan, which which Shane Ray do you like? I'm, I'm going with Boss, but I think McClanahan is going to be up there as well. Uh, and even Rasmussen is going to take a huge jump. I like I like Dennis Rasm or uh, Dennis Drew Rasmussen as well. I'm, I'm, I, I like I'm Dennis there. too. Dennis is a really good paper guy, and like you know, um, uh, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think like this is going to be one of those guys I drop just because. Um, Peralta like, is, you're saying. Yeah, Peralta is, yeah. Um, because, you know, like we talk about, like, if I'm not going to be willing to take a guy as high as I rank him, then he shouldn't yes. be ranked that high. And, like, exactly. I, I just have this feeling of, you know, feeling really uncomfortable with, with Freddie Peralta. And so, like, if I'm really not comfortable taking him as a top 30 starter, then I can't rank him as a top 30 starter. I agree. And again, we've had that, these talks over the last couple of years about ranking based on where you'd actually take somebody, battle testing them and saying, OK, I need to lower this guy because push come, came to shove and I didn't I, I didn't I didn't go for it. I didn't make the move on my rankings. I let so and so sit at the top there. So that that merits a move for him. I've and, officially uh, moved him. I have, I have, I've moved him down to 32. Freddie Peralta outside the top 30 now now i was uh catching up on some pods because i am comically behind on them but uh, I, I went took a trip to my mom so i was in the car and i was a little mad i got scooped on something comparison that i had but i was, I was scooped by by an absolute stud in the industry so i'm not mad about that but dvr happened upon a comparison it's probably you know, may, may, maybe everyone's making it or something. I don't know. But when I heard, I was like, "That's the one I I I, I see that as well." He compared Adbert Alzale to Freddie Peralta as like the next guy. Now they're not a one to one. He's uh, Alzale is not coming off of a relief year. Uh, it's more of like their arsenal and and what they could the the, the breakout that they could have uh, Alzale that Alzale could have next year and, and comparative to Peralta's. Um, he wasn't too bad this year. There were some good things from Alzalea's season. I know he had a five-something ERA as a starter, and then like a one-something as a reliever. But there was some there was some good stuff there. How, how does that uh, that that Alzalea as the next Freddie Peralta comp hit your ear? Does that sound uh, outlandish or so, something that that you could see happening? Uh, that sounds like um, a, a pretty good comp, and uh, it kind of pisses me off that everybody else is already on him, because <laughs> uh, he was a guy that I was going to be uh, targeting. Um, Here's the thing. I think he's one of those guys right now that, you know, even if DVR and myself and others are out there saying, Alzalea, Alzalea, Alzalea. I think there's still a pretty good cap on where he he'll go. I don't I, know, I don't man. Know. I mean, if if we're comping him to Freddie Peralta, like Freddie Peralta well, had a huge jump in the ADP towards the that's end. True. Like that's people true. were taking him in the top 130, top 140 in main events and stuff. But he was on a good team, though. I think I think Alzale would still fall short of that, even with a hype train. Nice little Cubs bird right there. Yes. Just. I mean, they're garbage, and yeah, they don't care. Uh, yeah, Alzale is a guy I have uh, 
currently at 78, and some people are going to be like, 78, that's not very high. I, I've said this before, starting pitching is stacked. It's, yeah, wait till you get in there and start looking how everything breaks down and before you, you comment on, on hearing raw numbers. And um, I'm, I'm going to be getting everything done for mine, like I said, before Arizona. So that's going to be a lot of work this week. Um, and I'm going to be curious where I end up with Owsley because, like I said, I'm super geeked on him. I actually had him on my main event team for a lot of the early portion of the season. Then, you know, he left the rotation um, and I just wasn't going to, you know, uh, roster a middle reliever for the Cubs uh, late in the season, even though I could have gotten a four inning save and a cheap win. Um, I, 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 I can't imagine that I would have needed the, I would have also taken the six earned runs in one and a third at Miami on August 13th as well from Alzelay. But anyway, didn't mean to sidetrack on Alzelay. Freddie Peralta, we're a little bit lower than I think the the market's going to be on him. I, I, I like him. I want to root for him. But he's one of those ones that sometimes you like a player, but you just don't want to put him on your roster. Uh, you know, and it's like, I'm not even trying to say like, I like him to protect in case he's great. And I can say, well, I said I liked him. No, no, no. I'll freely admit I like him, but not enough to roster him at market cost. And so for that reason, I guess you could say I'm out on, uh, on Freddie Peralta for next year, but I'm not out on this guy. In fact, I'm getting a jersey of one Logan Webb. Logan T. Webb. And I should also get a Rob DiPietro jersey. I, does he do do industry folks have their own jerseys? Can I buy can I buy that? I, I, I mean they're but Justin Mason jerseys. You have so. a line. Yes. Yeah, you have a line. Um, but he cut Logan Webb. And I know some of y'all are like, how in God's name did he cut such a good pitcher? Well, late in the season when you're chasing stuff, you make moves like that when you're going nine relievers. And and that starter has no bearing on you. And I understand that, you know, some people will say, well, you're, you're cutting that out into the market and it can change the dynamic. Yeah, everything in that we do in fantasy baseball changes the dynamic of the league in terms of the butterfly effect. And I understand putting a good player on the on the wires, you know, different, but that happens. It um, also soaks up money from those players. Exactly. Where they won't be competing for the kind of players you need for your team. And we, and we see the other side, too. Somebody and and Rob completely backed up his first season in FBC, having a monster year again. Uh, oh, so, yeah. No, yeah. and he was, he was so tough in this league. He ended up finishing fourth, but he was... Uh, he was grinding till the very end there. I mean, he he was one of the uh, Schwindel beneficiaries, so that was helping keep him right there uh, till the very end. In fact, even on the final day, he had an opportunity to leapfrog into third. But yeah, huge thanks to him for the uh, for the web uh, pickup there because his two starts were absolutely instrumental in me securing the victory. And I said, I told Jen, I said, you know, if this guy on your Giants goes off today, I'm gonna get. I'm going to get his jersey if I win this league. And I did, and he did. And so I'm going to uh, – the the extra run there in the uh, in the eighth didn't – or a couple runs, I should say. They didn't bother me at all. I didn't need a quality start. I just needed strikeouts and the win from Webb. So, yeah, it was great. But uh, how about his season, man? This was one that was kind of uh, telegraphed. Remember, there was early season buzz because of his changeup, if I recall correctly. He He'd added a flashy changeup that got a lot of people excited, and it took some time to get going. By the time uh, May rolled around, he had a 5.34 ERA after a bad start in Colorado. So he was on waiver wires. He followed that start with a start against Texas, 
where he struck out 10 in six innings, allowing one earned. And that was kind of the takeoff point from there. And from there forward, 20 starts of a 240 ERA with 125 strikeouts in 116 in the third innings for Logan Webb. 24 years old, so he'll be age 25 next year. Is there anything that you see here that you don't want to buy in on? Is it is this is this an ironclad breakout for you with Logan Webb? You are a Giants fan, so you saw this one front and center more often than not. Are you buying? Yeah, I'm absolutely buying. Uh, and this is a guy that I might need to bump up my rankings even a little bit. I, I currently have him as my number 29 starting pitcher, so kind of the back end of the, the SP2s, and that feels... Mm-hmm maybe a little bit light, but it's also just such a thick group of starting pitchers uh, kind of in, in the SP1, SP2. Uh, I completely buy the the changes that he made. He, he made conscious decisions, um, you know, prior to the start of the season of what he was going to try to do, and he did. I mean, he, he, attacked the, he attacked the zone. He doesn't walk guys. He doesn't give up home runs. He's in a great park. Uh, he's cemented as their number two starting pitcher coming into next season. Uh, I, I, there's there's nothing I really can see. Um, that, number two behind who? Oh well, I guess Gosman's probably gone. Yeah, I, I mean he's maybe. the number one. Yeah. Yeah. So well, I, I'm I, sure they'll bring someone in. I I, I think they're going to re-sign Gosman. To be honest, uh, you think they are or aren't? I think they are. Okay. Yeah. I, I was going to say you know they 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 may well do that uh, i just wasn't sure if you thought that that was more of a lock or not uh, i, I feel pretty confident they're going to re-sign gosman uh and, and bring him back on a long-term deal but uh yeah I, th- I think he's kind of a stud um and you know i mean all of his era indicators are you know right in line with what he did which was you know three or three era and over a strikeout inning uh this season uh with a, a 111 whip. So like, there's no reason to me that he can't, you know, put up comparable numbers in 2022. And that likely makes him a top 20 picture. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's, you look at Logan Webb's profile this year and you can't really find anything you don't like. So if you believe in these skills that they can carry over to, you know, a high degree, maybe not one-to-one, no, nobody says that uh, you take a breakout year and you just carbon copy it. You, you, you bake in some regression on some things, but he keeps the ball down big time, 61% ground ball rate, which kept the ball in the yard, 0.55 homer per nine. The strikeout spiked thanks to a big three-and-a-half-point um, swinging strike jump, uh, swinging strike rate jump, excuse me. He, he cut his walks. They, they were never particularly bad, but he dropped it down to 6%. He added that changeup, like I said, to go with the fastball slider combo. So now he has a three-pitch mix. Like, everything is there for him, and he's 25 years old next year. So what's – and, and uh, of course, the park, even though it is a little bit better for hitters than it has been throughout most of its history – Pitchers still have no problem pitching there. It's not like they're going to get trounced. So I I, I can't even really muster up a, a real anti-case on Webb. Like, what, what would be the downside if you were trying to argue devil's advocate? I, I honestly don't know. Like, I, um, I mean... Like, like, track record would be the only thing. Yeah, I think and, and I don't even know that I would... I'd be like, he's 24... Like, 
Yeah, but okay. he's also a guy like that we've you know that have been that's been mentioned as hey like this is someone to watch coming up uh-huh. uh, when you know uh, prior to prior to this breakout. So like, I don't know that track record is even super fair. Uh, when he's so young too, it's like you know okay sure he hasn't been in the league a ton, but yeah like you said this isn't a complete out of nowhere dude. This is somebody who's been being developed and cultivating some hype. And I, I like so much of what Logan Webb did. Um, I can't, I honestly, I can't wait to see where he goes because I think there'll be some rooms where he actually falls to a, to a really nice price. Yeah. I've already moved him up. <laughs> he's, um, I mean, he's been unbelievable. I, I moved and, him up to 21. Um, and I think that that feels right. Yeah, I mean, again, off the top, I I, th- I think that does that does feel kind of right. Um, is he like the next what Matt Cain? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I, I mean, he actually has better strikeouts. Although, yeah, I was about to say, like, scaled, scaled for even scaled. I think it, 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 he would uh, Webb still better than Kane, but he gives me that Kane vibe. Um, but yeah, with with more swing and miss. Uh, so he fits the time a bit better, but yeah, I like I like Webb a lot. I'm excited about him. I do want to talk about one of his teammates, uh, who may not be a teammate for long. I believe this guy's a free agent this year as well. Not Gosman, but Descalfani. Anthony Descalfani was another big spike year that the Giants got. So they had those three pitchers: Gosman, Webb, Descalfani, all turn in just brilliant performances. And that's how you come out of nowhere to win 107 games. <laughs> just just do that and have a great offense, too. Uh, but, yeah, Desquifani uh, didn't, wasn't very good in 2020 in the two months, 33 and a two-thirds innings of just wretched work. He's shown flashes before, but home runs have been ever-present. And that's always what is derailing Desquifani. Even in his good seasons, they still kind of put a little rain cloud over it with the home runs. Well, where's a good place to fix that? San Francisco, like I said, even though the park is a is more hitter friendly than it's ever been, it's still not pitcher scary. So go there with a home run issue, let everything else kind of fall into place, and boom, 317 ERA, 109 whip with 152 strikeouts in 167 and two-thirds, a pair of shutouts, and a home run rate down to a very palatable 1.0 on the button. He's 32, though, next year. We don't know where he's going to go. Again, put him in a neutral spot for this conversation so you don't have to worry about the caveats of if he goes here, if he goes there. Neutral spot. How do you feel about Descofani's breakout? And do you do you believe he can hold some of these gains? I definitely believe he can hold some of these gains. I, I don't think talent has ever been a huge question on Descofani. I think health and, uh, and home run issues, obviously, uh, have been the huge issue. Uh, he, there's a stark difference between pitching at home and pitching on the road for him this year. At home, he only gave up four home runs all season long. On the road, he gave up 15. I wonder if he, how motivated he'll be to get an offer from San Francisco so he can just say yes, 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 yes. I wonder if they give him a QO and he takes it. I wonder if he follows kind of the Gosman route of last year. I could see that. I wonder if they could get away of just offering him cheaper, though, because he only made six this year. Yeah. Do you have to go up could. to 19? Could you go two? 
yeah, two just, and sixteen. I think they're going to be so scared to lose so many starting pitchers because I mean Webb is really sure. like the only starting pitcher that's got locked in for them for next year. Yeah, because Cueto, Wood, Descafani, Gosman were the others, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I would not be surprised to see them extend him the qualifying offer and just kind of lock him up for for twenty twenty two. So. Yeah, for me, it, this is huge in terms of uh, where where I think he's gonna uh, end up for next season. I, I mm-hmm. currently have him at forty four. Uh, okay, and, that's that's some love there. Yeah, so I mean, um, you know, probably should move him down a little bit, but I felt like that was the right spot. He's he's right next to uh, Lance McCullers, Hyunjin Ryu, Carlos Carrasco, uh, and Luis Castillo, who I think people are going to yell at me for ranking so low. But yeah, I, I think they're going to give you some heat on that and McCullers. I think you got McCullers too low as well. It's so hard Personally. though, man. Like, who do you like? You have to like. I mean, I, I got to do my ranking. Yeah, you, know, you have not, to do your ranks because I mean, hard on you until I until I do that because it's not fair. So until I got those done, there's so you, many starting pitchers. Like the top fifty are all really really good pitchers. Um, I'm actually pretty excited to 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 dive into mine. I'll, I'll be doing that uh, after this. I have a, a radio spot, but then the the rest of the afternoon is going to be getting in on on the SP rankings for a bit. Um, and, the, and some of those guys are going to move up because, like you know, they're they're definitely some you know, uh, it, that's definitely probably too low on McCullers and Castillo. Uh, well, there's always ebbs and flows too. You you place guys and then you you look at it and then you can look at it the next day and you can make changes. It's like one of those things that's ever changing and that's it, why it's, it's just so awesome to be have access to our live ranks which you can get oh. on our patreon you, you see oh. that how professional that promo was right there I, that was actually quite fantastic yeah. I, I i really loved it um you know you mentioned this when you were looking at the list before the show started this was incidental that all of these guys are playoff bound but we have another teammate uh from somebody that's already been mentioned for our last guy here, and I will give it away. It was an eight-player list, but uh, with our timing right now, we have to put the other two aside. But we're going to do more breakout breakdown anyway, so don't worry about it. But Dylan Cease is who we're going to finish with today. Another guy that had an excellent season. And this one isn't uh, out of nowhere in terms of expectation. This was more of a when, not if for a lot of people. They're like, well, Dylan Cease, I mean, this is a big-time prospect. Um, he's got the skills. He's shown flashes of it. He's going to break out. Will it be this year? Let's hope. If not, you know, people will probably keep betting on him after this year. Well, turned out to be this year. Um, he had a 401 ERA, 144 whip last year. He walked an AL high 34 uh, because, again, don't forget, it was two months. And he didn't strike anybody out, which was weird. 44 strikeouts. Like, that was really bad. 1.9 homer, 9. But... To the credit of the fantasy community, a lot of people saw through that and said, nah, that's not deterring me. That's um, that's a 58-inning 58, 58 blip. I'm just not worried about that. I look at a 25-year-old with the skills and capability of a Dylan Cease, and I'm going to buy that, is what a lot of people said. I'm not saying that I was front and center on him. I, I, I liked him, but uh, he was not some big target. But he goes out and he drops 165 and two-thirds of a 391-125. Which, by the way, I think there's even more growth there. Like, this was a breakout, but is I don't even think this is his best season. Uh, but he led the AL in, in strikeout rate at 12.3 per nine 
for 226 total strikeouts in that time. Still a little wild. He led the AL with 13 wild pitches, 3.7 walk rate, but 13 dubs because that team was so good. So there's a little good, little, uh, there's a lot of good, a little, a little bad, a little, you know, warning signs there with the control, but so much good that Cease is going to be well regarded next year. And I think you're very much in on Cease, if I recall correctly. Yes. Absolutely. He was uh, part of my bold predictions uh, article. Uh, coming in, I, I drafted him in a number of spots. Uh, he was huge this season. Um, and like you said, like I don't think that... I think there is another level here. Um, mm-hmm. Like I definitely think he could lower that ERA, lower that whip uh, a, a tad bit, and end up being like a, a mid-threes guy with like a 115 you know, kind of maybe 120 whip type thing. And, and I, I'd go so far as to say there's a sub three season in there. Not that you project that. It's always hard to project those, but he's got that. He's got that kind of talent. Uh, Dylan sees does. And he's only going to be 26 next year. Yeah, he absolutely does. I mean, he had a 357 uh, Sierra uh, this year. So like, I, I think, I think that is kind of where I would be looking uh, at kind of projecting. I have him as a top 25 pitcher right now. I love it. Um, I love it. I'm 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 super keen on him, man. You know, throws 97 with uh, with good swing and miss secondaries on a great team. Um, you know, that division is going to start to get a bit tougher, but I still don't. I, I'm not going to be afraid of it. You know, even if the Tigers rise up, even if the Royals turn things around a bit, or the Twins rebound, no, no, nothing in there is going to scare me and be like, I have to avoid AL Central guys. Um, cause I don't, I don't think it'll flip on a dime like that, but yeah, he's got a three pitch mix, big velo, big swing and miss. If he finds that, that, that command slot to where he can even cut the, the walk rate further. And he did cut it by the way, uh, down to 9.6% this year. It was at 13 last year and 11 the year before. So he's, you know, right there. Um, I would love to see him in like the seven to 8% range. I think that would be huge for cease, but even if not, he can survive. And, and thrive with a 10% mark. I just think once you go above that, that's when the trouble can start. Um, so you said he's a top 20 guy for you? Uh, 20 top 25. I have him 24 okay. right now. I, I, I dig that. I, I think he's going to be – I think the market's going to be there too, by the way, and and really uh, be ready to take him. Is he above um, Giolito or is he second to Giolito on that team? No, I have Giolito above him. Okay. I also have Lance Lynn above him, but Lynn's a... Oh, yeah, 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 Lynn. uh, Yeah, yeah. He might be on another team, though, right? Is he a free agent? I believe Lynn's a free agent. Let me check. It's Um, either one more year or he's a free agent. Oh, no, no. Actually, no. Lynn Lynn signed a longer-term deal, right? Okay. So he... No, no, no. Did... No, no, no. This is the last year. Yeah. This is the last year of that Texas deal. So... No, no, no. He signed... I'm showing he signed a two-year extension for 22 and 23. With a club um, option in, in 24. B-Ref. That's what I get for being on B-Ref. Down with B... No, I'm kidding. Not down with B-Ref. I like them. But I'm always on Fangraphs and B- B-Ref. Well, it's stuff. funny because Fangraphs has fr- uh, free agent list as 2022, but it also has... Um, but we have the updated... Contract. We also have the updated terms above that and stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, B- so... B-Ref does not have that, so pardon me there. So he's not going anywhere. So he's the number one there. I agree, Lance Lynn. Then Giolito, then Cease. Yeah. Then but, Rodon. Uh, yeah. Well, Rodon, Rodon will likely be somewhere he else. He might not be there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
but that's a pretty amazing rotation. <laughs> it's a great. Well, and then we don't even talk Michael Kopech yet, who's going to. That's why they can let Rodon go because he'll. Rodon I'm looking forward to talking Michael Kopech because uh, Kopech is going to be a guy that I I push up really far in our ranks. Correct. Same. I should say. I, I said correct as if I already knew that you were going to say that. I did not know. But same. Uh, I'm absolutely in on Kopech. I think he's going to have a huge year. Um, and I think people are going to be interested in it too. So you're going to you're going to have to pay up. This isn't going to be someone that you kind of sneak at all. He's obviously super well known. And people know that he's going to go in the rotation next year. Even if they bring back. Uh, Rodon, there's still a spot for him because Keuchel, sure as hell, is not starting for them ever again. Does he still have a contract? Let's see. Yeah, he does. Oh, my God. But he can't start again, can he? Unless they identify something that was like clearly wrong that he can fix, I don't think he can start next year, even though he's making 18 I, mil. I think he will start. Oh, my God. Because you know how teams are. I know. Uh, You're probably right. But it, it was so brutal this year for Keuchel, dude. Like, it, it was, was, but he, he'll just be like that back end of the rotation innings eater. I know. You're not, I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Anyway, didn't mean to derail on that, but Cease, big fan. Um, between Ray, Rodon, Peralta, Webb, Descofani, and Cease, Webb is your number one? Ew. Um, or was it Ray? It was Ray. Ray was my number one. It was Ray. Pardon me, pardon me, pardon me. Um, who would you rather draft based on their... Uh, assumed price because obviously we've seen very little of any drafts. Um, I did tell you that Ray went ahead of of Webb in 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 the draft as expected. So would you pay the premium on Ray in second third, or would you rather get Webb as like a six seven rounder? I'd much rather get Webb as a six seven rounder. I figured. And who's who's the avoid on this this list? The guy that you, you just don't you think the price is gonna be too high that you just can't can't get in into it without. N knowing something like I, I, think it's uh, I know it's Rodon's. What's that? I think it's Peralta. I mean Rodon, yes, because of the injuries and stuff. But, but Peralta's gonna it cost more. Yeah, I think I think there are gonna be some leagues where Rodon still represents a value, whereas I don't think there's gonna exactly. be any leagues where Peralta's a value. I totally agree with that. Rodon went in the seventh, and I don't find that to be agreed. That's fine. Yeah, I actually don't mind that at all. Yeah, and meanwhile Peralta went in the fourth early fourth. So, um, all right. Well, like I said, those other two guys might join another batch. Oh, pardon me. I guess we're up for our pick. If you heard that horn on fan tracks. Um, but yeah, I think we'll do another batch of these later this week. Cause I, I like, I like talking about these guys that just broke out and how we feel about them right in the aftermath. But, um, Justin, we put a bow on a, on a, on a good season here, man. Great work. Uh, you know, I'm glad I was able to talk you into Craig Kimbrell because you just didn't <laughs> want to believe in him. And then uh, I put you on the Ced Mullins guy. Mm -hmm. yeah. you're welcome for both of those. I'm you're still absolutely. waiting for my Cedric Mullins jersey to show up. Um, so I'm hoping it gets here before before the playoffs are over. But How long ago did you order it? Like, I, like last month. What the heck? It better be there in time for first pitch, which uh, means it has to get there this week. I hope it is, but I don't have very much confidence that it will be. I do that's have a, some pretty cool rotoware stuff that will be here before first pitch, so you'll be well, seeing me sporting those when uh, when we get there. I'll be uh, I'll be taking my said Mullins rotoware shirt a hundred percent. So 
Um, you, folks will see that if they did, if they haven't seen it on their website, it's brilliant. Um, not an ad, but we do love them. So go to rotaware.com and buy everything because they're amazing. Uh, anyway, Justin, great talking with you. We'll get together again later this week for another chat. Pod's a little sporadic here in October. It's a little bit of a decompression month, and then we amp it back up fully in November. So just keep in, keep that in mind. But I got to get going. I'll talk to you later. Take it easy.